Welcome to Recap, the podcast where we cover some of the latest news featured on our social media pages. We try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage legislators not only to listen, but to also act on what they hear. Your host today is Alexander Crohannon, Professor X, and I'm kicking it to him now. Take us away, man. Thanks, Anthony. So I'm remote, joining from the airwaves. And uh, but in the studio we have uh, you already heard him. He's the greatest writer of all time, Anthony Arnold. Applause! Can we Thank put you. applause in there for him? Perfect. Yay! Fair. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we can get the Monty Python. Yay! <laughs> I I need that. I uh, say our local he him Nick. Hello. He did the voice. <laughs> uh, like, you can hear her now. The boss lady herself, Francine Dash. No respect. Thank you. I'm here. Is <laughs> that old comedian? And our no respect. <laughs> Brandon Clark. Yeah, appreciate you uh, having me on your show. Yeah. All right, Anthony. Tell us. Uh, tell us about a poll. All right. So polls every Friday on our social media pages. We love. To hear your guys' opinions on them. So please, when we share them, when we post them, let us know what you think. The poll we're covering this week is about homelessness. Sheila is overwhelmed by the rise in homelessness in her city. As a public official, she wants to do something that has an impact on the growing situation. She wants to propose legislation that requires every citizen in her state to have a home. If you are homeless, you have to register with a state-recognized shelter, which can include shelters, churches, and even a relative's home and report it to your home manager every week. The goal is to make sure everyone has a home so that they can more easily receive services that can help them. This is also necessary for those seeking a job as an address is required to apply for most jobs. Once someone obtains a permanent residence, they would no longer have to comply. Sheila recognizes that this is not perfect, but feels this is a good first step at getting people off the streets of her city and making homelessness more manageable. She says we need a system that takes people out of the downward spiral of homelessness and makes it possible for them to more easily work themselves out of a really tough situation. Sheila, who herself was homeless, says that having a home to check into was essential for her success. The bill also proposes that random drug testing may be required for some based on their particular situation. So our question was, would you be able to support this legislation and do you think it will make a difference. Uh, Brandon, I will let you start first this time. Sure. Thanks. Um, I think uh, having having processed all that, uh, tacitly, sure, that sounds like a, a fine idea. Um, I can see so many, so many uh, scary, scary points and it might be overly broad. You know, it, it might. Um, oh, there, there's a lot of things. But yeah, there that's that's a cool idea in, yeah. in and of itself. It's, it's a very cool idea. Um Tough, tough stuff. Tough. The uh, practically that'd be, you know, tough. But I think on the since I'm going first and on the whole, I'm going to take the easy answer and says, yeah, I could support something like that. It was that seems like a nice idea. I lo- I love taking the easier answer first. Yeah, That's good. Applause to yourself. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> well snap, done, it up, snap it up for myself. Yeah, it, golf clap, sure. Yeah, golf homelessness clap. is bad, and we should do something about it for sure. Yeah, I can take that. I can take that up. But hey, there's is, a there's a plan. There's a plan there. Um, I don't like the drug testing so much. Yeah, but. But uh, yeah, I think that's I could I could get on board with that on paper if a politician that would be s- s- honestly very progressive in and of itself to right. even 
think about doing that. So yeah, right. I'm, I'm on board. All right, Nick, I, you next. I concur with the sentiment that you that you brought up. Sure. Yeah, I could I could support something similar to this. What I don't support about this specific thing is that it's the background context of it. The subtext is framed around homeless people are bad. There's a parole officer. Um, there were some other details that make them sound more like, or the drug testing, like you said, mm-hmm. that makes them sound more like felons than like people who are abused by a system where they can't afford a house. So I don't necessarily like the the mindset that went behind the framework of the idea. Now, I think I talked about it a little bit in, in the Slack channel, um, but I don't remember what I said, so I'm going to come up with a new thing now. And it's that I don't really know like um, a better way to go about it. Like that would be, I think initially I would support that because it's something. Right. Right. Like that would be, oh, we're taking a step. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll roll with it. It can be improved upon. Um, but I think something, maybe something better than like, you know, a parole officer or, or drug testing is something more along the lines of if we're not going high key progressive as everyone gets a house, um, if we're not going that high key about it, which I would prefer, um, is something more along the lines of like, um, remember when defund the police was a lot bigger than it was and social services would get a cut of their um, funding and it would, be, it would spread out among a bunch of different, different agencies. Different agencies, yes. Yeah. One of, if, if, a precursor to this was that we could have people who are coming in, checking to make sure everyone's okay. You know, you can assign, um, you can do, I would have initial drug testing so that anyone who is on drugs can go to rehab for it, but not consistent drug testing. It's, it would become up to you at that point as a citizen to stop, have that autonomy, have that autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because because also what happens if there's drug testing and they fail? Do they just get kicked out of the housing? Like yeah, that like, defeats the right? purpose. Yeah, right. Yeah, I wondered about that too. Yeah, like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't specify what happens if you fail a drug test. And mm. if you're doing drug testing to get them to rehab, to get them off the drug and it's continual, sure. But that, I don't know what the, I don't know. And it's it's very easy to like kind of twist this into a negative on a lot of fronts, but mainly it's, it would be very easy to discriminate against homeless people now that their residents might be like, um, like their permanent residents might be like subsidized housing to BC, you know, whatever, right. like whatever the connotation is, employers could just go, Oh, they're from there. No. Yeah. We're not gonna, we're not gonna hire them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank you for your answer, Nick Francine next. And then I'll go and Alex, I'll let you have the last word on the question since you're the host. Um, this poll question, just to give a little bit of background, because I, I put the question together based on uh, a woman out in California who several years ago was trying to respond to the homeless people being arrested in public parks in her city. So, um, this was proposed by, I guess, like a city council person, uh, to help, uh, get people rehomed, um, who fell on hard times for a variety of reasons. And um, it became very apparent out there that some people were losing their homes who were working, but they literally just could not afford the rising rents that were going on. So she was trying to figure out a way to kind of help bridge the gap. So I applaud the effort there, but I think I, I, listening to you guys in particular, I think I, I get and agree with the whole, like the drug testing part. I would personally like to understand what, what the re- rationale is behind that. I would, if it's to help someone 
recognize that they have a problem and giving them the option to get help for it, like on the front end, like part of the intake, then I guess I can see that. Now, I can support that. But if it's used as a hammer um, to deny you services once you're a part of this, then that's something that I would have a problem with because addiction is such a, a real and horrible thing. And honestly, for some people, it's lifelong. It's not something that, you know, I personally have a long line of colleagues in my family. And it's a constant effort. And these are working alcoholics, so you wouldn't even know that they're addicts of any sort because they hold jobs, they own homes, they, they quote-unquote keep it together. But they're, they're messed up at home. They're messed up. And it's a constant getting on the wagon, falling off the wagon, getting on the wagon or having someone pass away and falling really off the wagon and then trying to get back on the wagon just because they it's something the way they're made not being able to emotionally cope in this thing that they are used to running to appeases them for a moment so until you're able to break that cycle until they're able to break that cycle that's their life and that varies for some people I've had some people quit cold turkey in my family and I've had some people that just they died an addict and uh, so I would hate to see people denied services because they didn't have whatever it is that one must have to truly um, be able to leave that behind. Uh, that would be my only catch there. But having seen people go through homelessness, particularly people I've been close to, um, most of the people I know just fell on hard times like these folks. It's, it was economic homelessness, economic yep. displacement. Uh, one gentleman it's really sad he had a bunch of parking tickets, so he was arrested and lost his job and then lost his rented house and then lost his kids. And they just kind of forgot about him. He was in jail for like six weeks, <laughs> and he had to come back out, and he was homeless, and he yep. had to start all over again. So, I mean, this thing is like multi-layered and multifaceted. Yeah. And to add to that, to the addiction portion of it and the drug testing portion of it that I didn't actually mention before is like, how does the drug testing impact them getting a job? Are they going to tell the employers, Hey, this guy tested positive for doing crack all the time or, you know, or whatever, whatever drug, Oh, this guy tested positive for weed. This guy tested blah, 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 blah. How are they going to provide that information to a potential employers? Is it going to come like, how is that? I, I, again, I struggle with how it's going to be used, but to add to that addiction, the addiction portion of what you said is that addiction, uh, just, on the whole is not a failing of someone's abilities. It's not a failing of someone's like personal willpower. It's a failing of coping strategies and proper mental health um, services like full, full stop. The reason people get addicted to things is because it makes them feel good when they have no other way or don't know any other way of coping with how, with, with difficult things like trauma or like a shitty situation yeah. and like to to this to this poll question is like sometimes I hold my breath when I talk. Um, <laughs> I forget still. to breathe. Um, to this question, would they also provide with with housing mental health facilities? Yeah. You could get a ton of people who like if you presume they're addicted to something off of an addiction, if you can teach them coping strategies or if you deal with their trauma from being homeless. Like those are really good points. But I will say that this particular, she's a much older lady now. That was her whole strategy is that it's hard to give the services when you can't find the people. That's right. a good point. So having right. a check-in, they don't even have to live there. Having a place where they can check in and their um, uh, social workers can mm -hmm. then 
check in with them to see if they made this the, over the course of their week. It's just having some place to right. connect with them. Yeah. So I think that that was the original intent, but it got bogged down. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if anything ever came of it. Probably not. Um, but it's a really good idea on the surface. Yeah. So my answer to something you brought up, I have been fortunate enough to like go to the, soup kitchen here in Indy and like do work down there. And to what you brought up, Francine, that experience really changed me a lot because it made it really clear that by the, it is only by the grace of God that you do not end up homeless. Yeah. Like we are, most of us are just two missed checks away from homelessness. Yeah. And that is, that is the brutal reality for most people. And it is absolute RNG in real life. <laughs> yes, it is absolutely RNG. It, you, like that is how it is for a lot of people. So economic homelessness, the point about the drugs, I think I put this in the Slack channel. I assume it's a nod to just political sausage making. Do I wish it was otherwise? Yes. It's but I know accountability is what right. she was told the, for the, certain services. Right. The public gets a little weird about people who they think are breaking the law, getting like state money. Because mm -hmm. people may, have food and, right. stamps and stuff right. like that. And maybe we can wish it was otherwise, but like that's just how the public tends to respond. They go like, well, this person is breaking the law, so why should I? And, and it'd be better if people were more compassionate, but mm -hmm. if you're a politician, you have to know like this bill will die if the public does not feel like we are going to manage their money carefully. And that's really all it came down to. I yeah. Think. and. I, I wish it wasn't so, but politics is. Because believe it or not, in some states, they can do that if you're on any public assistance. Right. Or public housing. Right. Right. I mean, people who have remember like what we did. Yes. The, the food stamp inspectors or the welfare inspectors coming in with their white gloves to be like, your house is too dusty. They could have kicked you off welfare. That is how some of these systems still can operate. And the, the public likes it. People can say they don't like it, but they do. Like, look. You can look at the state of our prisons to see we do not believe in giving resources to people who we think are breaking the laws. And people can say <laughs> otherwise, but we can point at our prisons and go, our your actions, actions suggest right. <laughs> exactly. about what you, the public, want. Right. So it's a fun fact. They have free housing, free food. Right. We're like, <laughs> and free we'll, give you, the bare, we'll give you the bare and, minimum. Uh, workout and but a gym. But if you get sexually assaulted, we're like, eh, you deserved it. <laughs> I deserve sexual assault. Yeah, you broke the law. Rape is the punishment. Oh, oh. Okay. okay. Thanks, Joe Bo Public. So I guess that's just a nod towards that. Um, that's kind of all I have on that. Alex? Um, it sounds needlessly overbearing. And it sounds, it sounds overly invasive for minimal gains. Um, I largely agree more with uh, like what Nick was talking about and just being like, uh, again, mental health, let's say mental health services and... Um, it's like humans are raised by humans and like humans are imperfect and uh, no one escapes childhood untraumatized. It's, <laughs> it's, that's, that's just the way it is. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, no, no one, if they, no one gets out unscathed. Uh, so giving people, acknowledging that and then giving people resources so that they can, um, be better equipped to handle uh, the stressful life that we have uh, that we have created for living humans is 
probably just way better than any type of monitoring or invasive program that you're gonna have to you know want to build. That being said, is it maybe a necessary first step in order to getting like to get people there to build this trust in the community? Maybe. But I, guess, I think it's certainly far from like what I think the ideal situation would be. Right. And the one, the one other thing I'll add real quick, I meant to say this in my part. I do think there's an opportunity here if people believe in communities being more involved, which is a lot of what we saw around defund. Mm-hmm. Uh, the home manager does not have to be a PO. Nope. The bill is not set. It could be someone in the community. It could be a relative. If the community would like to step up, and say we don't want the police to do this. We will do this on our own. It could I mean, be that a church. It, that was yes, what was amazing it, about it. You could protect your own. That is a thing we. That's certainly part of the defund movement, was shifting to the community bearing some of the burden, so that the state would not tyrannize people. Well, someone has to make. Someone does need to ensure that the people who are we are trying to give services to are there to receive the services. If you do not want it to be us, the state. You do it, <laughs> but someone's going to have to do it because right. when we send, if we send them a check, someone has to be there to like administrate. Yeah. So. Well, and you certainly couldn't send cash. <laughs> right. <for> right. <laughs> obvious reason. Like, so you don't want the cops to do it. Well, then you guys do it. I think that was what was kind of unique about this one was that it allowed the various, but it does require that those housing managers be quote unquote registered sort of the way a um, foster parent is registered um, so that they can kind of minimize and try to prevent abuses. And I get that. Yeah. um, But yeah, it's, that's why I was like, Oh, that's a good, the only hiccup was the drug testing because I just didn't understand where that came from. So So, anyway, that's our poll. Great conversation as hey, always. Good question. Good question. Good poll. Good poll. Thank you. Yeah. Francine thinks up the polls. The, the queen poll, herself. Poll, the poll. queen, boss lady, empress, <laughs> uh, boss, whatever other monikers we can attach to her. Uh, so <laughs> you can you can thank and or blame her for the polls. <laughs> uh, so Alex, back to you, man. All right. So normally I, uh, the host would pass off to me for trends. So self five. Um, so we're going to talk about my favorite things, (laughs) talking about one of my favorite things, unions. And then we're going to talk about one of my least favorite things, union busting. So we're going to start with the win. I thought he was going to say Starbucks. I thought you were going to say unions both times. Why not all of these at once? (laughs) So first we take the First we take the wins where we get them. Trader Joe's. Has a first union approved in a Massachusetts store. Hell yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to them. them. Hope it means higher wages and more stability in employment. Better work. There is the the first Chipotle union in Augusta, Maryland. Yeah. Wow. And all it took was. But not really. Not really. But not really, because their store was immediately closed oh. down. Oh, that's the, the store that was closed down. Their well, they said oh, it was marked to be they said it was marked to be closed anyway. Did you hear that response? I didn't, uh, I didn't hear that response, but I'm mm-hmm, <laughs> sure it was. Mm-hmm. Very cold. Marked to be closed. <laughs> mm. 
Mm. Okay, I'm just saying what the people said. You know, I'm All just right. here to bring the alternative view to, <laughs> since we don't have alternative view. We have facts and they have alternative facts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's my Alex. I'm not bringing it up against you. I'm bringing it up against whoever <laughs> initially said that. Like, hmm, yeah. that's convenient. <laughs> it is convenient. Though. Chipotle I, I... would like to defend themselves. They're welcome to come on the pod. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's one down the street. We can just go. <laughs> yeah, let's just go there. Yeah, let's go there. Just think up. about the unions. <laughs> they probably, yeah. We All know right. We have another win to celebrate Ooh. this time in uh anderson south carolina getting another getting us another starbucks union uh being i say 18 and oh wow really got out everyone voted to unionize oh wow so they can just fire everybody i'm just joking. <laughs> it's a bad what they'll try. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that oh Francine, my gosh i was joking because on august 1st the workers handed their new store manager a list of, a list of demands. Mm-hmm. They even filmed the interaction via cell phone. Okay. Uh, according to the Anderson Independent Mail, it was the manager's first day at the store. Oh. How did she respond to this, you might ask? Well, by calling the police. <gasps> oh, I thought what? you called corporate first. Was she a yeah. white woman? <laughs> Uh, so she called. Like she called the police, claiming that. that the workers. Sorry, I I don't know. I'm just, uh, <laughs> Karen. So <laughs> she called the Anderson County Sheriff's Office, uh, um, and charged the workers with assault and what? Um, How is uh, it say, an unlawful imprisonment? What? Wow, that can't stick. Who got unlawful imprisonment? Her? Because I think they did. <laughs> yes. What? Because uh, and I say because she is claiming that they did not allow her to leave the store. Wow, that's a big. Did she cry? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. It's like Karen Supreme. What Karen the... Supreme. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what is this? What a boring phone call to be on the other end of as a police officer. <laughs> right. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, come, on, come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! <laughs> What's the, what's the police the police the person you call who's like the dispatch, yeah. dispatcher police Someone's dispatcher me. What police dispatcher <laughs> how can I help you yes I'd like to <laughs> report a crime in commission they're imprisoning me they're, in, right they're falsely imprisoning me and, ma'am, ma'am, and they're who's insulting you? me who's imprisoning you who was it who was it who was it it's my Starbucks employees mm. click <laughs> right mm. right. Dun 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 dun. Ma'am, uh, ma'am, I, ma'am, I'm going under a tunnel. I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, God. Wow. So, Starbucks being Starbucks. Um, and then uh, one last bit is uh, something that I don't think has gotten a, a nearly as much attention as it uh, should be is um the ATDA, the American Train Dispatchers Association. So more than 99.5% of their workers voted in favor of a strike earlier this month. Wow. Hell uh, yeah. They are called. <laughs> um, this is in addition to the, um, a few weeks earlier, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, BLET, also voted in favor of a strike. Love a good strike. So that is two of the largest uh, railroad um organizations in the United States. Um, they are going to say they're calling for strikes due to, well, largely um, 
same thing that everyone's calling for. So um, let's say long hours, um, not enough benefits, overwork, and underpaid. You want to hear something ironic, Alex? What's that, buddy? I just played through Sonic Adventure 1. Um, and in the middle of the game, the train station goes on strike, so you can't get between the areas <laughs> because they're working too long of hours and not getting paid enough. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Um, that is. Um, that is. So uh, while, I say, while, this, while these strikes have um, been uh, largely um, held off uh, say the, thus far, um uh say um sorry however say the US is not alone in this um the uh britain is also say britain and other parts of the uh world are also dealing with uh railroad strikes with um actual strikes uh beginning uh to, uh august 13th um Another, uh, say another strike on August 18th, another strike on August 19th, and a strike on August 20th. Hell yeah. You're just doing that, that Zach Galifianakis gif where it zooms in on his face and then he nods subtly. That's me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I was just in London actually like three weeks ago and experienced, uh, uh, you, there were a lot of notifications warning you that, you know, on the weekends they're thinking about striking or what have you. Um, and it was, it was not that big of news there. So I think that's, I think that's good that you're able to do this and you can tell the public and nobody freaks out. Like you don't hear it all over the news that, well, Boris gave up when I was there too. So that kind of dominated the news thing, but I think that's very, very cool. You just see your average Londoner just like, good for them. Literally (laughs) kind of, yeah, good for them. On the train home, they're like, good for them. Good Good for them. them. It is going to be interesting to see where this goes though, because like union busting is essentially legal it is not Hmm. it is not actually legal but it is especially when they offer incentives because union busting has many forms right it is more or less legal to do in this country if you live in an at-will state like indiana union busting is basically legal it's like it's encouraged like pennsylvania (laughs) like your employer can fire you for no reason Mm. and as long Mm. as they don't say in an email we fired them for union activities. You're not going to win the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. That's the point of an at-will state. They can they can make it illegal to do everything. About, like, they can say it's illegal to hand out pamphlets, and as long as they enforce that rule against everyone handing out pamphlets, then you can't hand out union pamphlets. Wow, look they'll, at these union posters that aren't illegal right, to hand out. Right. They, they only, they'll only get in trouble if they, like, let someone hand out a pamphlet for, like, you know, God, but don't let you hand out a pamphlet. If they say to everyone, no pamphlets, even if you're the only one who ever tries to hand out pamphlets, I mean, they're going to get away with it. Right. Like they, so it is essentially legal. That's why you don't really win union busting lawsuits. They have to be really Ronald Reagan. Yeah, They got to be really (laughs) stupid to get caught doing it. They got to be a really dumb, dumb employer. Thanks Reagan. Yeah. (laughs) You know how, like, we say for, like, all of 2000, it was like, thanks, Obama. Like, can we just, like, throw back and just, like, thanks, Reagan, whenever, like, whenever it's something terrible. And then, like, oh, like, they really cut my, my health insurance. Thanks, Reagan. Yeah. Like, I when, use, a- anytime. I use the thanks, Obama in the opposite context now. 
<laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend was talking about how when she was 23, she was just on the cusp of losing her parents' insurance. Oh, yeah. And before she got kicked off, it got bumped to 26. And I went, thanks, Obama. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there oh, you go. Uh, air no, traffic controllers, right? Yep. Okay. When Reagan won against the air yep. traffic controllers, like that, yeah, devastating blow. Yep. That was sad. Yeah. So. Are there more? Is there more Thanks, to discuss? Reagan. Is I there know. more trends? I mean, right. no, I mean, uh, there are, I say, I'm certain there are more union activities and union busting activities. I can't be, I mean, I can't get, I can't stay on top of all of them all of the time. Well, I wasn't, but I wasn't, yeah, I support your like local that. unions. <laughs> I meant like, <laughs> I want to discuss this. Are, can we discuss? <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I mean, so like I said, to Anthony's point, like, yeah, union busting is largely illegal, is largely legal in these uh, states. And I don't think that winning, I don't think you can win like on a, on a local level. Um, really? Like, you don't think so? No, because so we just look at like, remember when Am- a couple of years ago when Amazon said that they were going to open a second headquarters yeah. and they were like, all right, and now it's a race to the bottom. Uh, I'll say we're let's say we're looking for a second headquarters, and it could be your city as long as you are willing to give us the following things, namely tax deductions. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't and like just local win. budgets can't afford for like can't compete with that. And, and I mean, and again, I I still think people should unionize, but I think people should be aware if your employer wants to fire you. They're going to fire you. Mm-hmm. And if you are like, are you going to go to war with Starbucks? Great. You have whatever lawyer you can afford to hire or not hire. Hopefully someone does it pro bono. And they have Starbucks lawyers. Did they have they're going to they're going to tie you up for years in court. And if you lose, they are going to bankrupt you. So mm-hmm. you guys remember when the carrier company moved jobs to Mexico when Trump yep. was running initially? Were those people unionized? Dude, does anyone That's know? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure. Because, uh, yeah. I, in Indiana, I highly doubt it. Yeah, I so do I. Yeah. Like Harvester was one of our last big unionized types of things where people, where they moved it to another state or something like that. that up in Fort Wayne, was it? Okay. I don't know. My grandpa um, used to work for Harvester back in the day, so. But, uh, they were a union shop. I yeah, know. I know where it used to be. Yeah, I can see where it used to be. <laughs> as, as a side about unions, I love unions. I think unions are great. I love it. strikes. I think strikes are great. See, Fight have, for your rights. I have a mixed relationship with unions because when I have relatives that worked in, in they worked in what union shop. This Indiana used to be like a closed shop. Like certain places you worked or companies you worked for, after like 30 days, you were automatically a member of the union. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that made unions lazy because mm. they some of them started look some of the representatives started looking like management, mm. and you were having a lot of union people not getting the raises that they should have, and I'm specifically thinking of places like when we had the big paper mill here, and those folks went for like ten twelve years without a raise, Dang. you know. So it wasn't until things shifted that they they now have another union in, which actually is kind of interesting because. It's a paper mill, but they're part of like this baker's union. It's 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 kind of interesting how unions can operate. But now they're getting 
those things. So I just think the thing with unions is that they, they must also check themselves or be checked. Yeah, um, I, th- I think a big thing with unions is that they're as fallu- fallible as anything else that humans absolutely. create. Um, but they have a lot of value because if yeah. it were not for them, the thing I like about them is like child labor laws, mm-hmm. the work hour day, just things that affect our quality of lives and the quality of lives of working people. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we would be just like another machine in the factory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my opinion. Uh, since, since the age of five, we'd still be working. <laughs> yeah. Those were union jobs, by the way. Carrier. Yes, yeah, I was about to say they were. They were union jobs. They were. Um, uh, yes, they were union jobs. They attempted to. They attempt. The union attempted to get yeah. them to stay, um, and uh, they. Uh, the company told them that there was no hope of, of stopping the move. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> so just to well, say, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Looking at their um, at their records, uh, the average um, workers made I say uh, workers made about on average about twenty dollars an hour um, in Indianapolis, and compared to when they when they moved to Mexico, uh, Mexican workers were paid about three dollars an hour. Oof. There it is. Um, I have a question to pose, but first a statement to say. Um, semi-tangent to what you said as in it's not relevant except out of the fact that we're talking about unions um so the statement is um if anyone's listening who doesn't particularly like unions um i should the police have a union because the police has a union and if you don't like unions then the police shouldn't have one either another example (laughs) <laughs> uh-huh. um, where the unions are i guess it works well for the cops right like it's it's i like unions so much that i'm even for it for the police because the police despite all of their flaws should still get paid a livable wage and still be able to work and still oh, have I, don't, I don't disagree with the pay i when when i have an issue with the union is when they're getting people out of trouble when there's certain misdeeds right like, that's that's where I that problem do think, i <laughs> yeah. do think that they should be paid well like indiana is starting to pay new recruits seventy-five thousand a year um for you know so that is different for us we mm-hmm. normally don't pay that much for people coming in especially in impd mm-hmm. but uh so i i never have an issue with people getting paid well mm-hmm. um, my issue is when anybody or any not like a person, but any uh, unit or organization is peddling in any form of corruption. Mm-hmm. That is what I have a problem with. I think I think there's a there's a the question that I was going to come up with is that let's say you're you're um, going to be the new head of a union for I don't know Starbucks. Who cares? Let's pick a thing um, for Starbucks. What are the steps that you take to keep it from falling under any sort of corruption in the future, assuming you aren't immediately fired by Starbucks, assuming your union succeeds. <laughs> yes. um, what are your steps to prevent future corruption? I think the main thing, having been in a union for me, is communication is key. If you're starting a new thing, you got to make sure everybody's aware of everything, right? There's some sort of egalitarianism that is supposed to exist in a union that you don't necessarily see in corporate entities. Right. right, and that we taking we're taking care of each other, and we're looking after each other's backs. So um, you you have to have a process also for hearing conflicts. So you have to be as transparent as possible. I think that's really really important. And when you're engaging the corporate entity, you need to be public about that. You need to be able to release the minutes 
of, of meetings. Um, you can't have in your contracts that corporations get to silence like gag order union reps who meet with them. That can't exist. The people need to know that they can trust that their union is always looking out for their best interests. Mm-hmm. Um, so com- for me, communication is key. I think that's a good one. I think if your union succeeds as it grows, because you, you want to grow it so you can have more negotiating power, you have to be really, really intentional about vetting who your union bosses are. Because as the union grows in size, the title of union boss becomes more and more powerful. And like any other institution where the head is powerful, it will attract the wrong people to the job. And it only takes one bad union boss to destroy the union. Oh, my like, gosh, yeah. One bad union boss who's in charge for decades will run your union into the ground. doesn't even have to be decades. Right. <laughs> Not even decades. They will run it into the ground. And the only way to counter that is you you really have to be willing to, to, to vet people and you got to be willing as union members to just say no to someone, even if it's someone you like, even if it's someone right. who, who you think, look, you know, and having Anthony does place, great work right. on the line. He's a great work as a sort of everyday guy to do 40 with. Mm-hmm. But we can't put him in charge of the union. You but you know him. You but know, you also you know have who, to have right. systems that deal with those situations, right. right? Because it's hard to get. That's why we have a representative democracy because it's hard to get everybody together on every single issue, right? So you do have to have systems in place so that if this goes wrong, you can have uh, some sort of organized response that saves the union, right? And sometimes not having that has cost unions. Yep. Brandon, I want to hear your thoughts. Oh man, I don't, I don't even know. Like, okay, so, <laughs> so you get, you get a Starbucks union going on. Mm-hmm. Say some of the collective bargaining doesn't work out, you go on strike. Yeah. What are people gonna not go to that Starbucks? Right. I think it's that's gonna cause. I think what uh, you guys all made super duper points that I don't think I can touch. What I would try to do is like with Trader Joe's, try to change the culture of of what a union is we're, we're trying to work toward a career like these these places aren't not a career it's like you yeah. gotta you gotta make everybody care. like if if we're not getting paid uh correctly or you know our hours or whatever like the starbucks closes and everybody in the community misses out on starbucks because you know we're trained people we deserve a career uh, i maybe trader joe's will do this with like green grocers i'd love to see them have a real union because they're getting replaced by machines basically um and i know the general populace has not been nice to retail workers uh, at all, true. ever, this but particularly true. bad over the next year. So I, w- I would really like to see some sort of culture shift to this being some sort of learning protective experience and, and the public having to buy into that and not just saying, like, we want Starbucks, get scabs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. true. The public does have to buy into it in order for it to be successful. That's a very yeah. good point. So when you, somebody just... Dopest shit to be in a union, like yeah. just the coolest dude ever to be yeah. in local unions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jimmy Hoff. Is he available? We should check. No. All right. Here, here's here's my take. You ready? Okay. So, so, uh, long term, we should move to co-op, not just like not you not unions, and we're like you are co- you are co- trying attempting to cohabit labor with capital. Like you should move to co-ops where labor owns capital, um, but in the say in the interim, like everyone's harmed by the current system because uh, like like the Starbucks, right? 
So Starbucks is a franchise. Uh, so even if it's like owned, if it's independently owned and operated, it's still part of the franchise. And the franchise means that they they set where you're getting materials from, how much you can charge for, how much you can pay your employees, how many employees you can get, etc. Right? Like they effectively set your profit margin because they know how lo- they know how large the area is. They know roughly. Um, like say how many people you get and like they and because they set the prices like they know what your profit margin is my suggestion is you do you trump them you do the donald trump you really mean and, <laughs> Wrong. and by what i mean i say so okay so you guys will recall from the early 90s early 2000 late 90s early 2000s the golden trump plane right it was so odd it was like, so he, that was a lent. He took a loan out to buy the plane and used the plane as collateral. And then he never paid back the, the, the loan for the plane. And he told them to repossess it. Now, the problem was it was gold. And it had all of these other like really bizarre things that like only like installed that only he would use that he used that loan to install. And they, so they repossessed it and then they had to, they just had to take the loss because they couldn't resell the plane. They couldn't do anything with it because it had all, like, it had been so, like, no one was going to take it. They would take more money to refurbish the plane to, like, working condition than it was to, uh, than they could make from selling the plane. Yeah. So, so as you franchise owner, uh, suppose you want to be like a gas station. They're like, oh, well, they provide the pump and they provide the sign, right? Great. So do that. And then, um, I don't know, pour concrete around like the first four, the first like two and a half feet of all of your, uh, let's say of all of the, of all the gas station things. And then like, you can repossess them whenever you want. You just have to break through two, two to three feet of concrete to get them. Don't worry. It'll be fine. Yeah. You, you can take back your sign. Yeah. Go for it. All right. There you have it. There you <laughs> so have it. Some, attack, like, like malicious compliance. Well, malicious yes, compliance. Malicious, malicious compliance. compliance. Yeah. You just, I mean, like, this is, is collateral. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, this podcast has been brought to you in part by Eliac Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians, and of course, Pointcast News. To listen to any of our other podcasts, please go to our website at pointcast.news, or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to like and follow us on our Facebook page for more podcasts, articles, and polls like we covered today. Thank you. Well, thank you, everybody here for joining us today, and thank you all at home for listening. See you next time.